we're going to continue in a series which we began um, last week, and it's called The Awakened Church. Do we need to wake up? Do we? Well, it's a great picture, really, and it's a great series title, and it's a great reminder that as members of the family of Christ and the family of God, we cannot sit still in our lives. We're on a journey, and we have to keep going, so we've got to be awake, and we have to stay awake. I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts, verses 8, 26 to 40. And the title today of my short message is, What's in Your Way? So before I go into trying to answer this very important question for our lives, let's look at a story in the scriptures taken from the book of Acts. The church of Jesus Christ was born after his death and resurrection. So this is the early church, the first time that the church had really been formed and come together. And these men and women were about the business of spreading the good news of what Jesus had done for them. So there was this heart and this desire to tell everyone what had happened to their lives. That's the scenario. So in the book of Acts, verses, uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 39, I'm going to read that through. Um, and then we will talk a little bit. So from verse 26, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court of um, official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. So Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me of whom does the prophet say this, or of himself or of someone else? And then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way 
rejoicing. Let me end there. Hallelujah. So it's interesting that Philip heard a word from the Lord and he obeyed and he went to a certain place and happened upon this eunuch who was in a chariot returning back to his homeland. And he was, as we hear, an envoy really to the queen of um, Ethiopia, Candice. Just note here that Candice was a generic name given in that era, era to female rulers or consorts of the kingdom of Kush, which is now part of the Sudan. So it's not the, the Ethiopia that we know today. Um, and that was the actual region, so it wasn't modern-day Ethiopia. But Candace was a term for women who ruled. Um, and in case you have never heard of the term eunuch, um, if anybody is unfamiliar with it, this describes a man who was castrated in order to be trusted to serve in palaces and official places without interfering with the kings, women, harems, etc., so his manhood was removed from him and he became a servant uh, in, in, a, in a royal house, etc., that could be trusted. But this eunuch had a position of authority. He was in charge of all of the treasury. Yet, in spite of this, he went to worship God. And clearly, worshipping a god or gods was a big and an important part of his life. So important that he was prepared to leave his land to go to Jerusalem to worship. It's unclear what he believed. His society worshipped many different gods, false gods. Some say he may have been a Gentile who converted to Judaism. Others that he was a God-fearer, somebody who knew there was something higher than him. And therefore, we would call somebody who's a seeker. He was looking to learn. Whatever his original beliefs were, something was drawing this eunuch to the scriptures. He was looking. He wanted to find out truth. Verse 28 continues because it said at the beginning of verse 28, and he, ret- he was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah. And so we go through that discourse where What really takes place in verse 35? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. So the eunuch, we can assume here, has now heard the gospel message and we're going to look at his reaction. Why can we assume that? Um, Verse 37, which I read earlier, is not in every translation. It is in here, the ESV, and it's in some others. But there is an assumption that when he heard the gospel, when Jesus was preached to him, he heard what we hear today. He understood that he needed to be born again, that he needed to believe, that he needed to accept Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. And here is his reaction. See, here is water. So he must have been told about the need to be baptised. He must have been told that you have to go down in the water. And he asked that question, what hinders me from being baptised? What he really meant, there's nothing stopping me from jumping in right now and continuing on this journey. So what might be stopping us from continuing on our journey? 
What may be hindering us? But what is amazing is the fact that the eunuch, when everything was over, went away rejoicing. He didn't just desire to plunge straight in and embark on this newfound life. The newfound life made him rejoice. He knew something special had taken place. He knew that he was different from that moment on and it caused him to rejoice. Hallelujah. He had changed. He was full of joy. Now similarly, in the book of Acts, chapter 16, so Acts is a great book to be looking at, how did the early church function? What motivated them? And what deeds did they do in the name of Jesus Christ that we can follow? But in Acts, the book of Acts 16, 29 to 34, this is a story of when Paul and Silas were imprisoned. Um, and somehow the prison doors were opened. But Paul and Silas were busy worshipping and praising the Lord. And when the prison that they were in was opened, they didn't move. The jailer, seeing the doors opened, went to take his own life because he knew that the authorities would blame him for any prisoners that escaped. He was so shocked to see Paul and Silas still in the prison, still rejoicing, still praising, that he and his whole family gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And what was their reaction at giving their lives to Jesus? The whole family were baptised the same day. Verse 34 ends by saying, And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed God. So there are two different stories within the same actions and the same reactions. Firstly, they heard the good news. Just like the seven candidates that we have today who are going to be baptised and we're going to celebrate and we're going to rejoice with them. First, these two men in the Bible heard the good news. Then they believed in Jesus Christ. Because they believed, they obeyed the Lord and they were baptised. And I'm so excited that that's exactly what we are going to witness this afternoon, not too long from now. And after they were baptised, they rejoiced. They knew their lives had changed and they were happy. They were celebrating. They were full of joy at the change. So they heard the good news. They believed in Jesus Christ. They were baptised. They rejoiced. And they began their life of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That was a part of their journey. So back to this question. What's in your way? From what? From jumping into the water of life, perhaps again for many of us. What's in your way? What's stopping you from realising your life is still a celebration of the work of Christ? Are we really celebrating him? Do we remember to do that as we go about the problems, the situations, the hardships, the suffering, the um, difficulties, the things that we have to work out, getting up and getting to our jobs every day, the routine of life, does it stop us from living a life of celebration of the work of Jesus Christ? What's in your way? 
The eunuch realised that nothing could stand in his way from continuing his new journey of discipleship. The question I ask, has the spiritual desire that consumed you at the beginning of your discipleship journey become dulled in some way or other? Think back. You here who are born again, do you remember the day that you were born again? Do you remember where it took place? How it took place? Do you remember what you felt like on that day? Do you remember what you understood on that day? Is it something that you think about? Do you know the date? For me, the 5th of April, 1986. It's about 35 years ago. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. Do you remember that day? Do you remember the day that you were baptised in water, perhaps? Do you remember why you were baptised? Do you remember how you felt as you went down into the water? And how you felt when you rose again, when you were raised up out of the water? Do you remember how you felt? What was the service like that you were in? What was the church like that you were part of? Was it here, in this very pool, perhaps? Do you remember the feelings that you had? Or are they a past thing that never occurs to you again? Today, we are going to witness the the step that these seven precious people are about to take. And we acknowledge that they heard this good news, believed, and they will be baptised. But we will see them with their families and friends rejoicing afterwards. Do you remember, as I asked, why you were baptised? That the message of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross bought your freedom from sin and bondage. Do you remember you were baptised because of that reason? Your freedom was bought with a price. Do you remember that as you were being baptised, you were what was apportioned to you was reconciliation with God? You gave your life to Jesus and you were immediately reconciled to him and when you were being baptized this is what you were declaring this is what you were representing that I was reconciled with God do you remember that you were declaring I'm adopted into his family I belong do you remember that you received the gift of eternal life and you were declaring publicly I have the gift of eternal life Do you remember, as we ought always, that from the time we were born again, baptised in water, filled with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God was ever with us, every day, available all of the time. Do we forget to celebrate these incredible things that took place in our lives? Or do we remember and thank God for what took place? Are we grateful every day? That ultimate purpose of baptism was to begin the journey of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And some of us have taken a while to make the public declaration, but that journey has been going on. 
I ask, are you still walking a life of died to self and raised with Christ? How deeply do you identify with Christ that nothing hinders you from your walk with him? Is your identity so hidden with Jesus Christ that you cannot be hindered, that nobody can say what's in your way? When we were baptised in water, it was done in view of people. The eunuch had his entourage, his chariot, and all of the people that would go with a man of such status. So he had witnesses. He had people that saw what he did, and he wasn't ashamed. At this point, we also are not ashamed to show the world that we are Christ's followers. And that's what our candidates are going to do just very shortly today. The hindrances that are in our lives is that we have begun to identify more closely with other things. Have we forgotten so that we have begun to come alive to ourselves again instead of to this life in Christ and all that's available to us? I'm talking about the fact that perhaps we take on thought patterns that we were once set free from. Let me give you some examples. Somebody who finds it highly important to have a great position in their career, but they don't reveal their faith because they fear they may not be accepted or they may miss out on promotions or maybe they'll be laughed at. That happened to me once, but it didn't move me. I still declared my faith. Does that come alive as you feel embarrassment or fear or doubt? What about a bad religious experience in the past? Well, I will never trust again. Does that dull your identity in Christ and the work that Christ Jesus did? It didn't work for me, so it can't be real. Somebody hurt me, so I'm turning away, I'm walking away. Perhaps your goals and your dreams have become alive again to you in such a way that you say, well, where are they? Where are those dreams and goals? They've not happened I don't want to give up on my own plans. I've lots of things that God gets in the way of. (gasps) Dare we say it. I would like us to examine ourselves at this time as we are going to take some time with, for a very special moment shortly with our candidates. Have we taken on thought patterns that we were set free from that stop us from identifying totally and wholly with Jesus Christ? Have these things and more detracted us from remembering and celebrating Christ's incredible power at work in us right now? He's still at work. He's present with us. It's a done deal. Why don't we again plunge into the water of Christ's life? Why don't we die to ourselves by losing ourselves, loosing ourselves from these thought patterns that have crept in and developed within us? 
And let's begin again to celebrate. Let's rise up like the candidates are going to do. Let's die to ourselves again, just like they will as they're immersed in the water and saying, I died with Christ. And let's rise again as they are saying, identify that I am risen with Christ today and walking with him. And he is still at work with us. Let's remember again. The joy of our salvation, just like the eunuch and like the jailer who rejoiced that Jesus had come into their lives and changed them. Let's rejoice with them and remember the joy of our salvation.